0: Welcome to the Mean Green Show.
1: Everyday Get
0: Welcome to the Mean Green Show.
1: Every day get, get strong. Let's go.
0: Welcome to the Mean Green Show. Everyday Get What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Jared Gar freaking see ya. What up, what up? What's up, man? Living life. How was the weekend? Amazing. Amazing. Yes, sir. Good, good. Shout out to Faye. Happy uh, birthday, oh, Faye. Yeah. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to the sus. Um, I want to give a shout out to Wendy Rodriguez. <laughs> my girl. Oh, Wendy. I'll be listening, girl. <laughs> I'm glad you're out there doing your thing at boot camp. Um, Jared, man, we we had a great podcast last time. I want to say, honestly, that was probably, I've been doing this for a while, that had to be one of my top ten podcasts that we, we've done. That's what I heard i've enjoyed it man it was uh it was the response was amazing you know i was able to get uh, a lot of feedback from members Mm -hmm. a lot of inboxes and it was it was very fulfilling to hear that people value us the way that they value us and that means the freaking world to me absolutely and also you know feedback to potentially make us grow at the same time so to everybody thank you your comments and suggestions and affirmations mean everything to us absolutely all that right was, talk to me what we good. doing today bro today
1: we we hit him with the title let's go i'm ready we're talking death of the snatch y'all Ooh.
0: barbell snatch Ooh. <laughs> that is an attention gainer <laughs> death of the barbell, <laughs> barbell snatch something we don't do at the gym we don't do i'm gonna throw it out there maybe in the fall but, but not not let's dive into that later okay. and i'll say why okay um, so, guys, today's episode is all about programming. Um, I, I, I like the title mm-hmm. because this whole series, Jerry, I feel like I've been able to be a Chris that a lot of people don't get to see on a daily basis. Yep. So this is going to be cool because it's not going to be the cut, cookie-cutter response of programming. Yeah. I get to actually jump into logistics and um, other perspectives that we have when we decide to do workouts. I got gotcha. so, all right. How do we start this one? Man, I think we're gonna hit a lot of
1: topics today. Um, I was re- I, when you said that I was reminded of something that Coach Alex wanted me to put in the atmosphere too. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Let's start with shout the out to Alex. Man, shout out to Coach Alex. Uh, uh, I want to, I guess, start by asking you a question: is the basics of our program, and we will get into snatch at some point. Uh, why, why we even named it? Let's begin with, but. Um, the basics of the Mean Green program setup, mm-hmm.
0: how did you come up with that? For what I like, off top, man, I think when you're when you're a personal trainer and you're good at what you do, you learn really early that you don't program workouts based upon what you want to do. You base uh, programs off the individual. Mm-hmm. So when I got into the industry, I was first a personal trainer. So with a basketball background, I didn't care what (laughs) size, (laughs) shape, background of athletic ability they were doing, basketball workouts, and I learned very quickly it wasn't effective. So it was trial and error. So I learned then that, okay, I need to create programs specifically for that person, and that's when I became better at it, right? And this is, what, 2007-ish, somewhere around there. So when I got into group training around 2008-ish, I noticed that I could not personalize a workout for 30 Different people for the same workout. So then it went back to what I like to teach and what I like to coach. So it's two different styles of training. You have individual programming for a specific person, and then you have general public training. So with general public, I I love teaching what I love. Mm -hmm. So I get Pilates. I understand the philosophy of yoga and spin studios, but that's not a passion of mine. So the workout. That we put on the floors, workouts that I wanna do because I do them. I'm not gonna put anything on the floor that I would never do. So, long winded answer. I guess what I do. <laughs>
1: I also want to dig into this. So, I think some some gyms, I think if you walk in them, you'll see a fully drawn out, this is the warm up, this, this is the workout, this is the cool down. The warm up might be 10 squats, 10 push ups, no. jog 100 meters. Come back in, like, like it's just drawing out. What, um, what about our program allows you to give trainers freedom to come in and do the warm-ups mm. that they feel are best? And I, I asked this because y'all have told me plenty of times, "Jared, your warm-ups like the workout?" That's <laughs> so. a really good question.
0: <laughs> and I, I must admit, this can, this can change, mm-hmm. right? So right now we give for the gym and boot camp. We give our trainers free motion. We trust them that the experience that they've had, the, the knowledge that they've gained, they clearly understand how to prepare a person's body, right, and do it in a very time-effective manner because yep. that's a big component, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I know some people like, look, I, th- that might not be a strength. So it's a stretch for some trainers. But for me specifically, it helps me also identify – potential leaders that may take over programming one day or be able to teach other trainers how to program. So I love that aspect of having those conversations with you or whoever it may be about how to get people prepped for the workout. Um, For me personally, yeah, it's Chris. I don't like being handcuffed. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I like to put my style on it, right? So if I said, hey, if, if Jared did the program and he said, hey, we're doing front squats, make sure you tell them A and then make sure you tell them B and make sure you tell them C and you cannot say nothing else. Like, it feels like it eliminates me to put my, my experience, my philosophy on that. Now, it's still teaching the movement, mm-hmm. but I love for trainers to be able to teach the movement in their way. Because David Martinez teaches it totally different than Jared, but they're both very effective in the way that they teach it. So for me, I love to see our coaches have freedom to make implementations, to make adjustments. Because sometimes I make a workout a week prior, Mm -hmm. right? So if we have a 400 meter on the run, uh, on the workout, and then it decides it wants to thunderstorm, (laughs) Sometimes Chris is not available five minutes before your class start. Yeah. And I love having the trust in trainers to make adjustments. So mm-hmm. when it comes to warm-ups, I think it's simple. I think it's something that people enjoy from the Lynn twins doing their breathing techniques that they're, they're passionate about mm-hmm. to David coming in with Sally and bringing <laughs> motivational speeches in and Jared bringing his, uh, you know, PT background in. So just seeing – Different trainers bring different things to the game. I believe that's why we're being green. Yeah. Question like for you. How do you feel jumping into a program as a coach when it's like, yo, I didn't make the workout, but I got to <laughs> produce it. I got to in- produce it effectively, Yeah. right? And um, I'm curious to hear that from somebody who's been in the game for two years since you've been back, plus the year I think you were here before you went to go coach yeah. and play football.
1: So let me make sure I'm getting your question right. You're asking how does it feel to, to be
0: thrown into it? Or what mm. are you saying? Not thrown. I would say more so, how does it feel? Because it's easy for me to to produce a workout that I, I wrote out, mm-hmm. right? So you do the the programming for the outdoor boot camp trainers, yep. right? But when you come to the gym, you're doing workouts that Chris made. So yep. how does that feel like to produce a workout that you didn't program?
1: I got you. That, so that, I think if you – didn't have the knowledge it may may be a little tough but Mm -hmm. obviously all of our main green trainers are very knowledgeable what we do so um first couple weeks just getting used to the rhythm which I think anywhere I think is a little bit more difficult but once you get into a rhythm uh, you know a week two weeks into giving the workouts I think you understand a little bit more of you know what's expected of you so yeah. i think it's it becomes a little bit easier one thing you did mention when you talked when you talked about warm-ups i like that you give trainers kind of the i don't even know what you call it the, the freedom mm-hmm. and the understanding that they can be a, they can be creative yeah. within the workout and it starts with the warm-up yeah so uh, i think i can't remember I think last week i think it was pouring down raining and you had an outside workout and i remember i walked through the gym and i saw people inside running and i think that uh, if we didn't have the freedom to do things like a warm up on our own and feel like this is our class, this is our space, we have yeah. some ownership and control of the workout, yeah. then it might be a little bit harder to make those calls on our own. Absolutely. Right. If you if it was raining, like, oh crap! What does Chris want us to do exactly? Right. Oh crap! What does Alex want us to do exactly? Like, that would suck. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the freedom to do. I might mess it up. Like so, mm-hmm. because I don't think we, uh, we I like d- that. Yeah, we don't feel that. I think it makes it a whole lot easier on us to just kind of... yeah. You watch football, right? Yeah. It's
0: a guy named Matt Schaub. Remember that name? Ooh, do I. Do you remember a guy (laughs) named Tom Brady? I do. They're both NFL quarterbacks. How many starting quarterbacks are there in the world? I mean, if we're talking about the teams... Yeah, like how many NFL teams? NFL, 32. So it's 32 starting quarterbacks in the world. So whether you're a Matt Schaub fan or not, he still is part of the top 32, <laughs> right, which yeah. is a very small percentage in the world, right? Yep. But I'm using this example because as a diehard Texan fan, there were times where I wish he can be more Tom Brady-ish, where he can come up to the line, look at the defense, and make audibles. Yep. Tom, Manny, all the greats do that. Whether it was – I think Matt Shaw probably, because he was that top 32, mm-hmm. I believe he could read defenses, I believe he was that smart, you yeah. know, that he can read defenses. But the coach at that time, was it Kubiak? Yeah. He – was it Kubiak? Kubiak and – he didn't get O'Brien. It was Kubiak. Yeah, Kubiak it was, was Kubiak. all the way until. To- okay. <laughs> so, Kubiak was more of a controlling on the offense, run, 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 plass fake or run, whatever the sequence he had. And he didn't allow him to make those adjustments. My question is, could have Matt Shaw been a better quarterback if he had the freedom to make those calls at the line? And that's how I look at the coaches, right? It's cool if you handcuff somebody. And I'm not against any fitness industries or fitness brands that do that because mm-hmm. there are some that are really effective in doing that. And there are some trainers that don't want to have to come and think. They just want to come and, and train and don't have to worry about that, that stress. But for me specifically, I like to treat people the way I want to be treated. And let me be the quarterback that can make the adjustments in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the game. And I think uh, for me personally – I say this with all respect to the person that create Mean Green Workouts. (laughs) But the reason why my class is what my class is is because the first five to ten minutes. Yeah. Like the workout is going to be the workout. But the coach and the personality behind the workout in that first five to ten minutes is everything. Y'all think I'm crazy, but I don't start a workout until I get a hug from every single one of (laughs) y'all. Comment down below and tell me if I'm lying or if that's correct. (laughs) You know, um, being able to get fist pumps, being able to ask people – uh, you know, Faye, how was the how was the pool party? Or, you know, hey, uh, Samaya, thanks for coming and checking Chris out to speak. Like, all those little things are ingredients that I believe you do in that freedom time. Yeah. But if we just said, hey, stand on the TV or by the whiteboard, make sure you do it this way and make yeah. sure you do it that way, I think you'll be a subpar team versus Winning. five Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls Tom Brady got? Really five, six, six. god he's a winner. I might have seven, bro, I don't know. Dang, he's a winner yeah but he wins yeah, <laughs> he's a winner so but yeah Jared. so thinking of that right um it's always interesting to me to to get feedback not just from obviously members but from the team mm-hmm. you know because at the same time I'm pretty sure there are people like you that write great programming and it's like hey I might have done this differently or um, I wish we could do this sometimes or not do this sometimes. So it's always cool to kind of hear you guys' feedback. But from you to everybody else has always been really transparent mm-hmm. with me from programming. Um, what do you think – and I'm saying this to Jared because he sat in the garage with me weeks <laughs> at a time and um, picked my brain also seen how I create the workouts. Um, what What's one of the things off top – and you can name several mm-hmm. – but I really want them to hear your voice on this. When you sat down in that garage, the times that you sat down for the hours that you spent with me, what were the things that, like, oh, this is how we do it, or, hmm, interesting, I didn't know that was done. Um, Hmm, on the spot question. I like this one. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Got him.
1: Things that Mean Green does. I think the biggest thing for me um when it comes to programming was understanding everything that goes into it, um especially from this gym's perspective so uh like a lot of you guys when i when I first got here, uh, I did hear questions about why things were done a certain way mm-hmm. um and not not in a bad way, just people don't understand, and even even from the coaches like dang, why don't we dang, why don't we and I think when I sat down in that garage a couple of times that I did, and we talked about um you know, the difference between equipment availability and the difference between, hey, is is it going to rain? Checking out the weather. That affects um, the flow. Like, can somebody in spot one and two here produce different movements or whatever it might be? Like, all of that goes into the process of creating a workout. So, when we have 24 25 people, the workout flow is probably going to be a little bit bit different than a workout with four to five people. But, from a programming perspective, you have to be able to program for both of those groups. Yeah. So I think uh, being able to sit down and listen to all of the dynamics that went into programming a workout for a group like this really yeah. kind of dope. That was one of the big things I took away. Because obviously, you know, I play football. So yeah. typically, we, we would lift OD, offensive defense. So if it's 100 dudes on the team, 50-50. So it's 50 people in the weight room at a time. mm Everything was just so seamless yeah. at that time. I just thought it was, oh, yeah, mm. it's cool. So to actually sit down and listen, like that, even took me back to football. Like, dang, how did he? How did? How did twelve people get on a platform to do power cleans? Twelve were on squat. Twelve were on the. For, dang, they like, broke I, down. I, I didn't even think about it, but that was the flow. Like it they was broken
0: down. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's cool because I sat down with David Martinez and Alex uh, a couple months ago. And I don't think Alex has a desire. And Alex, <laughs> comment, <to her> love, <laughs> let me know. I'll, Alex is going to text me and be like, let's let's meet, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm really scared. But I, I was able to sit down with Alex and David. I don't think Alex really has a heart to program. I think she just want to be able to show up and do what she do, but trust the programming, right? Yeah. I think David has a heart for programming. So mm-hmm. I wanted both of them to kind of sit down, and that's how it started. I think at first they thought it was going to be like, hey, let's do power cleans, and I like doing pull-ups. It was more so like, all right, we just finished a cycle. We just did this in the cycle. Mm -hmm. Before we go into this first uh, um, Monday programming, uh, what do we need to get better at as as a brand when it comes to movement? How's your classes looking when they squat? How's your classes looking with the overhead presses? Is anybody dealing with a, a gym or a class that's dealing with a lot of nagging injuries and yeah. stuff like that? So before we even touched the floor of movements, it was like, hold on, what's, what are we dealing with? Yeah, what's going on? Right? And I, I'm on the floor twice a week. So being able to get it from David, and Alex and everybody else, you know, you guys are you know, on the floor more than me. So just to get that feedback. So then when we got that, i like to dive into what you said. And uh, I think this would be really cool. So I'd love to see. Your feedback as well when we talk about the weird Chris in his garage (laughs) with some equipment, walking in circles, talking to himself, doing reps and practicing before he writes them down. Um, The first thing, right, the alignment between both gyms. Mm -hmm. So with both gyms, right, we have a 20-spot model on the southwest and a 16-spot model on the uh, north side. Mm -hmm. So – uh, for those that are not a part of our brand, we have what you call a pick-your-spot model, where basically when you go to your spot, that's your spot. It's your own lifting spot, your own barbell, your own set of dumbbells, kettlebells, whatever we're going to be using. Very few things we share, uh, maybe battle ropes or um, I can't really think of too much more. Um, the Southwest, sometimes we share the benches because we don't have yep. 20 of them. I think the North side has a bench per spot. Maybe. But um, So with our pick-your-spot model, it's interesting because prior to COVID, everybody shared. Yeah. Right? And I took that away from COVID. I was like, man, this is kind of neat. This isn't organized. Like, we can control this. So I took away, with, and we kept the pick-your-spot model. But the challenge in your pick-your-spot model is that, number one, you can't have too many objects per person. So it's easy when you say, hey, we're going to do barbells we're going to do kettlebell swings, we're going to do box jumps, we're going to do the rower, <laughs> we're going to do the bike, and we want slam balls. That's six different props, right? But if you have 20 spots, for example, for the Southwest, if you have 20 spots, that mean, you're about to pull out, is that 120 different pieces? So when you're programming, you're like, hey, man, this, mm, this looks good. Mm, we ain't did this in a while. Yeah. That's going to make them puke. You know, you put all these <laughs> things out, but that simple matter, you – put out all six of those movements that all take a different piece of equipment, that means it's 120 pieces of equipment you need to get out. Yep. Then, how long will it take you to get 120 pieces out? So the coach come in, they do the warm up, do the blood flow, get them going, explain the workout. If you gotta grab six pieces per person, The workout now takes another 15 minutes. And then you have that person that has their stuff because they were 30 minutes prior to class. They prepped and ready. But they're waiting for 15 (laughs) minutes looking at you like, bro, (laughs) (laughs) let's go, right? Exactly. So being able to give uh, the whole team that perspective of that little small ingredient of when you're programming, I try to – for me, I try to go three pieces or less. But even with three pieces – uh it can't be three bulky pieces. Yeah. It can't be the plyo box, a rower and a barbell. <laughs> it's, you you can't fit in the square footage of that spot, yeah. right? So if you go three pieces, it might be uh bikes in the middle, right? It might be a dumbbell like one and then it might be one kettlebell. Yeah. Those three pieces, I think that was Saturday's workout, something similar to that. So, the question I have for you after hearing that, let's 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 dive into the the mind of Mr. Garcia. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> when when thinking placement, because the goal is not to have two mean green gems, mm-hmm. right The goal is to scale it to make it so powerful, a, such a just ironed out machine that we can roll multiple of these out. Yeah, right. So hearing that seeing that, Jared, what would you tell the class? I'm giving you on the spot questions, by the way. Oof, All right. Oof. What would you tell the class? What would you want them to know when it's time to pick pieces of equipment for the workout? Not the workout, but when you're saying, hey, we ain't touched a barbell in a while, or we ain't touched dumbbells in a while. You being a guy that's been in this space for a minute, does it matter? Yeah, I like how this question's going. It's a very long winded one. <laughs> Does it matter if you're working at shoulder muscle for example, does it matter between barbell, kettlebell, dumbbell, um calisthenic movement, battle ropes, does it matter what the piece of equipment is? Should you reuse the piece of equipment? Should you do muscle confusion where you switch up the piece of equipment? Coming from your perspective, I'd love to hear that. Okay. Uh what would you tell now? What I would tell you guys is
1: it does no I'm playing. <laughs> it does matter. But um, Here's one thing i say. If you were at a gym that only had dumbbells, it would work. If you were at a gym mm. that only had barbells, it would work. If mm. you were at a gym that only had kettlebells, it would work, right? Only had bumper plates, it would work because you can use each piece of equipment That's good. in a very similar way to get the same results, right? So I can use bar, uh, dumbbells and do you know, shoulder lat, 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 lat shoulder raises. Or I can use plates and work on some extra grip strength and do the same thing. So same movement, same same work. I'm getting the same thing out of it. Um, but let's let we, we talked about this. Um, if we said do dumbbell snatches and not snatches, uh, dumbbell thrusters, mm-hmm. and then we said bent over dumbbell row, and mm-hmm. then next week we're gonna do single arm dumbbell thrusters and single arm dumbbell row, and then the next week yeah another version of the same dumbbell It probably get a little boring yeah. right y'all, mm-hmm. y'all probably be like
0: dang absolutely so We're i think trying.
1: that i think that it adds a different dynamic obviously hand placement is is a key so i don't want to discredit that going from like a neutral grip if you're able to do thrusters with a neutral grip on um dumbbells is better for your shoulders as opposed to having barbell. that you know, that barbell grip so there's a difference there but as far as getting that shoulder press movement like you can you just change up the the stimulus so i think that what would you
0: call it like shocking the body yeah most confusion most most confusion is very important yeah well said it's it's cool to hear you say that because i think we can go into the second part of programming it's when we're picking the workout Mm -hmm. i want to say this is more the fourth step out of the four but there's a sexiness to the workout absolutely right so if we did trying to think of a workout i don't know bench press a full body workout bench press i don't know i'm trying to think of something i can't think of nothing um 10 10 barbell bench press yep 10 barbell squats 10 bicep curls 10 pull-ups all right week one you do the same thing on week two and the same thing on week three And the same thing on week four. And the same thing on week five. And the same thing on week six, right? Same thing on week seven. All right, come on. Same thing on week eight. Oh, come on, give me two more weeks. Same thing on week nine. Same thing on week ten. So if you do those movements, ten reps, ten rounds, right, if you stick to that program, you're going to be jacked. How about you? You're going to be swole. You go <laughs> aesthetically, you're gonna look amazing. We, do, we right? did it, right? We did it. It's, 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 a, it's a bodybuilding workout called German volume training, yep. right? And with that German volume training, uh, to be the nerd on this podcast, it's, it's a lot of repetition and the velocity that you're putting with the force, increasing weight every week, being able to re- let your muscles recover every week. It's like almost a perfect stimulus for you to gain mass and strength, mm-hmm. right? So, if I was if somebody comes in and says, Hey, Chris, I want to put on. Uh, Muscle and lose body fat. I'm gonna eat clean. What's a good program for me to do? Oh, we boom. TVT. Right, but that's a ugly. Excuse (laughs) my French. That's an ugly ass workout, (laughs) right? Because it's boring. Yeah, very. Right, like ten reps of this, ten reps of this. Next day, ten reps of this, ten reps of this, and then you're doing that every week for eight weeks. That's not sexy at all, right? But aesthetically, it worked. Oh, that pool party going to be. ED, work could do. We did it. Mm, (laughs) I mean, I I gained a lot of success for it. I put it in Mean Green. I didn't do eight weeks. I think we did like four or six weeks of it. And um, the thing with with this part is what I'm getting to with the sexiness. Um, Sitting down with the trainers or doing it myself, that's something you're incorporating. Like, what's going to be exciting? Because at the end of the day, when I put this on the floor, I'm not thinking about Chris. I'm thinking about. Bobby and Walker I'm thinking about Jared and Jason like how will they sell that workout in the first 10 minutes Mm -hmm. because for week seven they like hey we're doing barbell squats again like how (laughs) how exciting is that for the trainer so it, it it's a medium though right so for me I take a lot of pride in trying to bring the sexiness every week but at the same time At the end of the week or end of the month or end of the year you want to see a difference in your body absolutely so that's that's the tough part Mm -hmm. but that's the part that my skin is strong enough to take right it's something i look forward to doing so i've heard you say this on a previous podcast like the workout don't have to be sexy for jared did -hmm. you say that right now with programming boot camp and and you teaching the classes how important is it to have sexy workouts
1: um, I understand from a business perspective it is. Yeah. Um, and I want to look at. Let's look at the global gym model here. You have. I'm not gonna call out no names, but you have gyms that haven't really upgraded their equipment in a really. Oh, long that's what that's. Uh, <laughs> no,
0: <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> I know that gym. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> so you have those gyms, um, and then you have gyms, same, you know, same model, global gym model, go in, get your workout in, that have the nicest and the newest of mm-hmm. equipment, um. And when it comes to people, like whenever they, you know, talk about the gyms that they go to, oh, I go to this gym and, you know, everybody kind of has, I mean, you, yeah. you get the exact same results going to this gym yeah. as you do going to this gym, but it looks nicer. It's cleaner. Absolutely. It has, you know, has uh newer stuff. It, it looks good on IG, yeah. all all of that kind of stuff. So for me, I, I take that into account when it comes to workouts, like yeah. that, matters, that matters and it matters to people. Matter of fact, you can charge more for that. Yeah. So I take that into account when, like, again, like so that. you don't want to do the same movements. You don't want to be boring. Uh, you don't want to. If I ever had to step in front of a class and feel like which, what you just said, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're on week seven, same lift, same energy to the members. Yeah. Like if I ever had to step in front of a class with it being that boring. Yeah. They yeah. That, that wouldn't be fun for anybody. Yeah. So I I do believe in adding a twist, adding fun to it. Absolutely. So um, one thing that I do like about your work, because in football, we do the same thing. Absolutely. All right. It's, this week we're doing bench. We're doing four sets of six at 65, or right, You know, eight seventy percent of your one rep max. Next week we're doing four sets of five at yeah. 75% of your, like we're, that's the workout. We're, yeah. It's very cut and dry, very simple. The thing about football is energy, right? We're yelling at each other, hyping each other up in the room, rah-rah, testosterone energy. That's what it's all about. (laughs) But the workout is cut and dry, very very plain and simple. Um, And the thing that I liked about Mean Green was you have that dynamic in it, right? It's not in order for for you to get better at bench press. A lot of people most understand, some don't. You have to do the same movement week to week in order to get better, adding weight, adding progression. So uh, some gyms really pride themselves, and I'm not calling out any gym specific, on, you know, oh, different, completely different workout, completely different stimulus, shock in the body. But if there's no progression, there's no growth. So I like that that was within the main green system, uh, four- to six-week programming of the same movement. But, again, understanding the sexiness dynamic of it, yeah, we're doing bench press, but this time let's throw a wall
0: ball under our back. Yeah. Totally <laughs> different, <laughs> Totally different, yeah. right? And you also look at – I think that brings up our flex option. Mm-hmm. So for those that are not familiar with the system that we have, prior to COVID, we had different classes. We had the Beast, which was strength and conditioning, and then we had Maniac, which is hit high-intensity interval training classes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know – for me, owning this, I hear the good and the bad, right? So the bad at that time was, Chris, I could not make it to five o'clock. That's when the beast class was. Now the next beast class is at eight o'clock and I can't wait that long. I want to do the next class. Mm-hmm. But the next class was it's the maniac. maniac yeah. So, you know, just moving smarter and maturing in our, in our brand, we were able to create something I think is really unorthodox to most, but uh, I think now we're really executing at a high level, being able to say, hey, we're doing bench press today. This is week four right uh 10 8 6 now we're on our fourth rep for those that are on the uh strength program you're down to your fourth rep it's really not a lot of explanation because they've been doing it for four weeks you just tell them they're starting at a higher workload but make sure they warm up to get prepared however for those that are doing our flex option which (laughs) is the hit you're going to do dumbbell close grip you're going to do this for the first minute of the of the minute working our way up every two minutes to 12 minutes whatever it may be so i think that was unique um but, again, that brings the sexiness in. Yeah. And I think as I mature in age, man, there are some times where I, I do want to lift really heavy. And I'm on week four and then week five come. I did one little move <laughs> in the front yard. <laughs> that move, that like my ankles got broke on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and now my well, hips CJ hurt. Right. See, oh, oh. <laughs> so now my hip hurt. So now I did, I don't know, 275 pounds on a, on a back squat on six reps. Yeah. Um, now it's week four, and I'm supposed to go up to 280, 285. But now my hip hurt. So this is the problem that I see a lot. People want to push through pain because the program said to go to 285. But this is life, yeah. right? You got to make life decisions. I would be an idiot if I get under. Ooh, that came out really bad. But I would not be the person I need to be if I get under that bar because I've done it at 285 for four reps, then I hurt my hip. Now I'm out four to six weeks, or I hurt my back because I'm overcompensating for my hip, so my back spasms up to protect my whole body. So now I'm out four to six weeks, and I'm I'm quitting. I'm maybe canceling memberships. I don't work out for the next year. I put on weight. I'm not eating the way I need to eat. And then you're in a very bad predicament just because yeah. I had to follow the percentage chart. Man, we got to be smarter as people.
1: Man, if I could give you guys one piece of advice when it comes to your body listen <laughs> with all caps listen listen no cap <laughs> listen it's, it's gonna tell you something's off that's what your yeah, pain man. receptors are there yeah. for something's wrong yeah listen yeah
0: so and that's why i like the flex um uh, because there are days uh when i work out at six fifteen. some days i live heavy because i man i feel good and then there's some days like no i don't feel good i just stood up for 12 hours straight at the beast mode games i'm not gonna do a heavy deadlift because my body's hurting yeah. or whatnot so um i love that man so to keep this moving so we i kind of went out of order from four steps that i kind of look at when programming so step one i look at the floor space mm-hmm. right step two we'll dive into really quickly because i want to talk about crossfit Uh-oh. okay step one uh we just mentioned uh floor space step two is um what is it called what's it called weather all right mm-hmm. true story every single week i look at the weather report, and it Sometimes I hit, sometimes I don't, but that's a component that we look at because for now with the models that we have now, because it's going to change in the future, (laughs) we go indoors and outdoors with our models, so it would suck. This week, it's going to rain a lot. It's supposed to rain every day. Right, so for me to say, hey, we're doing tire sleds Tuesday, (laughs) Wednesday sprints, Thursday, like I know that I have to do more workouts indoors. Now, will it be some nice days? It's Houston. It might change, and it is what it is, but we look at the weather. Uh, the third one we just talked about was uh, um, the sexiness of oh, a workout. Yeah. And the fourth one, which is really important to me, is can the coach, every single coach, deliver it the way it need to be delivered, right? So I can rope climb for myself, mm-hmm. but I don't do a really good job of teaching rope climb, right, I can teach it, but it ain't me teaching a barbell uh, deadlift yeah. or clean, right? So I'm using it as an example now, do the trainer need to get better themselves and learn and hire somebody, get certified, whatever they need to do to learn certain movements? Yes, but for me, for our team that we have currently, it makes no sense for me to put a movement that really is—it's not a deal breaker if it's not in there, right. right? So, for example, the rope climb is actually a really great example. We have four ropes here, um, and at the other spot, I think we got six or eight on the north side. Mm-hmm. So can I program it where people share ropes? Absolutely. But right now, unless it's a Saturday workout where I can say, if you know how to do a rope, do You're it. If do you it. don't, this is the scale option. But how, I'm using the word destructive, probably a better word, how destructive can that be in that 10 to 15 minute of getting everybody loose, explaining the workout and warm up time at a packed class of 24 people, four people on their very first day and here's this rope climb. You know, so I try and strive my best to put the best movements that are very functional that they'll be able to implement very well. Yep. Um, another movement that's tough for me is the barbell snatch. <laughs> there we go. It's here. It's here. <laughs> it's here. Y'all been waiting. Y'all been waiting, and it's here. right? Look, the barbell snatch is a an amazing movement for conditioning, or even strength. I don't think it's an aesthetic movement for me, but for strength and conditioning, I think the barbell move is fantastic. But for a group class, it's the worst thing in the world. So this is, this is the other side. This is not Trainer Chris, now. We're going back to the one that was here last week, all Business. right? Just, first of all, you only have so many spots. And when I say the depth of the barbell snatch, I'm not talking about me and green. I'm talking about all gyms. You're about to start seeing majority gyms take this out of their programming. Period. And I'm going to tell you a couple reasons. Yeah, get your notebook, tag whoever (laughs) you want to tag. It's about to go down, all right? So, first of all, CrossFit is freaking fantastic. I love CrossFit. I watch the CrossFit games. Like, I enjoy it. And you have to get flowers when you can. CrossFit brought Jared to me. They brought the warehouse, the no AC, take your shirt off in the middle of a workout, put your sports bra on, come to the gym, go to a warehouse district that's not in the popular area of Houston or whatever city you're in, go to where it looks a little sketchy. <laughs> they made that so freaking cool. Yeah. So you give flowers where flowers are due. Now, it's not your job to know the things I'm about to say. But I am about to break it down to a T, all right? Here we go. CrossFit is a license model. It's not a franchise model. And there's a huge difference, Jared. Um, franchise model is Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. A license model is, I'm trying to think of a brand, It's CrossFit. But a license, basically, you use their name. But you can do whatever you want with the name. So you ever heard the term, I'm, I want a yes or no down below, CrossFit hurts you. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard that? CrossFit hurts you. The truth is, it shouldn't. If you're taught properly how to get your body ready and prepared and move effectively, you shouldn't get hurt. If it's good coaching, good systems. But the problem is that some people don't run it the right way. Yeah. All right? And to give you an example, if somebody comes in to do a barbell snatch, and never done a barbell snatch, but they do a barbell snatch just because everybody else is doing it, that's not the reason to do it. Mm-hmm. You do a barbell snatch when you're fully prepared to do a barbell snatch. Absolutely. So with CrossFit, even though they brought that sexiness to fitness, the business model, zoom up in the camera, <laughs> is freaking horrible. <laughs> there we go. He said what he said. <laughs> and I love CrossFit. Um, I've never... Had the desire to be a CrossFit. We are, I know sometimes people see barbells. Barbells and bumper plates don't mean it's CrossFit. That means you're doing strength and conditioning and you want to protect your plates because they're going to drop and hit the ground. That's like you going to the University of Oregon or Texas and you see their pimped out gym and they got barbells and bumper plates, but they're not CrossFit. They're University (laughs) of Oregon doing strength and conditioning. Exactly. So I want to go back to the business, Jared, and I feel like I've been talking four minutes straight. So I'm gonna ask you a question after I say this, so we can continue to talk about this. Um, the reason why I think the model is not good, because for business, is because it doesn't it doesn't set up the entrepreneur, the owner, operator, for success. So when you buy a CrossFit affiliation, or when you get the license, they basically say, "Here's our name. This is it. It's no. This is the system." They might give you a philosophy. They may say go to because originally when CrossFit did this, they had a workout of the day on their on their on their website. Mm-hmm. And their workout of the day. Pretty much all the affiliates did. Yeah. Right. Now, everybody does their own programming and X, Y, Z. And some people do a really good job. Some people don't do as good. So the thing that I feel that I want to point out right now, the reason why I believe and it goes to what I said last week, the, ble- the reason why I believe it's going to be the death of the snatch because spaces for gym models are about to get smaller. Mm hmm. All right. So when this happened originally, people wanted the warehouses not because they were warehouses. They definitely didn't get warehouses because it didn't have AC. I promise. <laughs> Jared, why do you think they got the warehouse in 2008? Why was people going crazy over warehouses?
1: Ooh, what do y'all think? Let's say 2008. Y'all. I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> Damn,
0: that made me feel old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh 2008 man um I if i had to guess i would say one because they were
0: probably inexpensive and they had a lot of space dun, 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 dun. absolutely correct <laughs> right um your freshman year <laughs> in high school uh what we know in houston called edu wasn't edu the way that you see it now mm-hmm. you know east downtown was a lot of vacant warehouse buildings and That's interloop. So imagine the warehouses in Sugarland and Humble and Pearland. People getting warehouses for, some people, $0.30 a square foot, $0.50 a square foot. So if you have a simple math, if you have a 1,000-square-foot building and your rent is $0.50, how much is your monthly note? $500. $500 a month. $500 for 1,000 square feet. If you have a 5,000-square-foot building, and it's fifty cent. You're paying what twenty five hundred dollars a month? I hope my math is right. So think about that: five thousand square feet, and you're getting <laughs> it for twenty five hundred dollars. That's why people did that. Yeah. But now, that has changed. Yeah. You're not getting warehouses for the same price. So now gyms are going to become more boutique style. Mm-hmm. How big is that freaking barbell now? It's freaking seven foot. To do a barbell snatch. For majority of the people that are over five eight, five nine, you need a seven-foot barbell. Need it. Right? So now you're going into not how to teach it. You're not talking about injuries if you don't do it correctly or how difficult it is to teach a barbell snatch to a person for the very first time. <laughs> We're not even talking about those components. I'm talking about business-wise, how many people can you fit in your gym in a class? So this is 60 feet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every lifting spot, if you – So we customized ours, but every lifting spot in our old model, and we have a couple spots on that wall, you have four feet with a difference of six feet. All right? Y'all do the math. Four feet and six feet is what? Ten. If it's 60 feet from wall to wall, not even counting space to walk around, but just from wall to wall, how many spots can you fit? With that bar, six to seven? (laughs) Do the math. Six six, Six good spots. You you can only fit six. So you got six on this side of the room, you got six on this side of the room, which max your class out at 12 people, right? Now you can be strategic and you can can put 24 people in a class and say, hey, everybody's gonna share a barbell. Okay, (laughs) that's gonna work for a long time, right? So now you're looking at the same space, but what happens if your barbell is now five feet, right? Because now your five feet bar Mixed with another foot or two feet in between, that's seven feet versus 10. Mm-hmm. How many spots can you fit in 60 feet with a seven foot, right? 60 divided by seven, what's that, seven? Seven to seven is 49, seven and eight is 56. You can fit eight people versus six people, right? So y'all see the math? So now you're going to incorporate four more spots versus spots that are less, yeah. which means you can fit more people in, which means you can sell more memberships, which means you make more room, which means you can pay your trainers more. Yep. Jared, hearing <laughs> all of that, you being the next gym owner potentially here, how does that look and feel when you say space versus doing a barbell snatch? Oh, definitely going for of space. <laughs> why? <I'm laughs> like, why? I'm challenging somebody today. I feel it. Yeah, Not Jared, I mean,
1: but you everything you just said, It just, it just that's like Somebody giving you the blueprint. Hey, this is how you make money. You're like, "Eh, no, nah, yeah. I don't really want it."
0: Yeah. Money. Nah. <laughs> like, what? It's just I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Hey, man, this is what you do to be happy in your marriage. Oh, no, I'm good. I oh. like arguing. <laughs> I love arguing. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> So, <laughs> for anybody that's thinking about opening a gym or maybe you're in a gym, I think that was a faith move we had to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So you gotta imagine, we had like 40 barbells here, you know, north side had, what, 30 something. And we start selling them things. Yeah. And literally, literally made the space a lot smaller so we can fit what, more people in. Mm-hmm. Cause what was the complaint? Chris, your, the gyms are too popular. I can never get into class, it's always full. Well cool, well we gotta make the space smaller. So the, the game plan is now, do I want to do a barbell snatch? Or do I want all my trainers to have a job? <laughs> so this is not a mean green thing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be global. Yeah. Right? Now, do you really want to it? It, – Now, the thing is, if I get Milton and he say, man, I really want to do a barbell snatch, or, hey, man, I'm doing the beast mode games, and they're going to have a barbell snatch in it. Cool. Well, let's do personal training. Yeah. Right? Because – I'm diving in deep on this one. So the model of CrossFit officially – you never allow somebody in a group setting class before they do something called onboarding. Mm -hmm. Onboarding was typically four, six, eight, ten sessions, depending on the individual. Whenever they learned the lingo and the basic fundamental movements, they put them in a group training class. You come to Mean Green and you say, hey, Chris, I want to join. I say, cool, well, hey, book Jared eight times for $80, then we'll give you access to our group class. (laughs) You know what you're going to do in 2022? You're going to go to the next gym (laughs) let you get to the class. Again, I'm just talking about basic, fundamental, practical business decisions that you're going to make. Just, hey, comment down below. I I think Jared would love to see this as well. If we told you you had to do 10 personal training or even four, four personal training sessions before we let you in the class, what have you done me in green?
1: Question I have for you, Jared
0: for you to be potential next gym owner for Mean Green, right? How do you, or what do you do when you wanna be abundant, right? Financially, Mm -hmm. and even for your peace and joy, but at the same time, you wanna satisfy people that come into the gym. If you have a group of people that really wanna do the snatch and I don't have an answer, so that's what I'm asking him. How do you how do you explain that to the community right now? Between, hey, this is effective movement, but this is the only movement that gets you there. No. You know, versus, hey man, like y'all want more equipment? Or hey, do y'all want to open up more gyms? Or hey, do y'all want like how do you break that down for them? Blunt. I'm gonna be blunt here. Yes.
1: How many professional athletes do we know? Personally? Just period. Do you count? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. No, I'm I'm just saying as far if we if we break down the population, right? Mm. How many people are professional athletes? No. Not not a whole lot, right? That's why they're so popular. We there's not too many LeBron Jameses. There's not too many Steph Currys. Um And the reason I'm bringing that up is based on population. I truly believe that certain movements are really athletic-based, you know, athletic movements. Like, this is for those top-tier athletes. Um, I don't have to work out like LeBron James because I'm not not taking the load on that LeBron James is taking, right? And as I look at the general population, there's a lot of movements that aren't required of you to – live your life to to get the strength gains that you you need to get. And that's just one of them. So that's kind of the way I look at it for you guys. Like, what exactly are you performing a snatch for? Is it for Instagram to look cool? Because at the end of the day, now we get into those debates. Instagram over your health, over an abundant business model. I'm probably going with the abundant business model. model. (laughs) Uh, What – not, heck, I don't even know. Now, the, the thing that I look at is the athlete part. How many people do we know that actually, how many people do we train that actually participate in the CrossFit games we have to be able to do a snatch? Not too many. If that was our business, then obviously we need to cater yeah. towards that. But with that not being our business model, uh, again, our, my, my personal belief is that that's not a required movement for you to be able to absolutely live your life abundantly yeah. happily yeah so i'm more than willing to not do that
0: yeah all right absolutely
1: muscle up well said i don't do muscle ups like it's just not required of you to uh, it again it looks cool on ig that's great you're <laughs> strong but um uh, i'm just throwing a name out there miss lucy that just coming in here yeah like see oh cool right i don't bother her and for the general population which we serve Right. That's the that's the big picture. I
0: love it, Jared. You know, the whole title, I know this episode has a title, but the whole title of this whole series is What Mean Green Gyms and Boot Camps Don't Do That Other Gyms and Boot Camps May Not Do. Whatever mm-hmm. how we word it right. So, this you said something that's really key that I want to point out because it's so cool, Jared, to have one-on-one talks with other gym owners that have seen this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys, man. Shout-out to my guys. Um, you said... The own gym's philosophy, programming, their belief. I think this is the problem, and this is not a shh on CrossFit, mm-hmm. but it is a shh on the business model. Yep. All right? When I told you guys earlier, they don't really give you the X's and O's on how to be a better business owner. They just give you the name. The reason why that's really difficult, because it's not scalable as a business owner, you want things that are scalable. Mm-hmm. When you go to a CrossFit gym, when you go to a CrossFit gym, or you got to be careful also for my gym owners out there that have a four-wall setup where you have different equipment. Now, the thing that I'm about to say is not the Bible. It's Chris's opinion. <laughs> so, Don't. Yeah, I'm saying that. Okay. (laughs) So with CrossFit, you're walking to one CrossFit A and CrossFit B. They will have totally different equipments. Mm -hmm. Like one may be more focused barbell, than the other one may have gymnastic rings everywhere, and and that's their system. That's that specific gym's ideal and identity, Mm -hmm. and they're not right or wrong for that, but that's what they want to do. I think the problem with putting that a title on your door. And not quite understanding the whole theory of it. The challenge is is the reason why you don't see a CrossFit owner have 10 locations is for number one, they have a really (laughs) weird rule to me. But number two, there's too much equipment. You can't, okay, look at me, guys. You can't have bumper plates and barbells, dumbbells and kettlebells, plyo boxes, ropes, GHD machines, rowers, skiers, ski ergs, excuse me rowers, bikes, ski arcs, sleds, um you can't have fifty different pieces and then someone say, I wanna open up a second location And have and all
1: those same pieces. And have
0: <laughs> all fifty loca- uh pieces <laughs> times ten and then remember you gotta have the square footage to be able to not even do the workout. But what a lot of people don't look at when you own a gym, you gotta have space to store the equipment. So you can't just live off off all the pieces in the middle of the floor, like you want an empty space when you come into the gym every day. So again, fitness is about to get smaller, Mm -hmm. but the identity of, you gotta be careful gym owners to put all these different pieces in your gym because when location number two or three or four pop up, you gotta keep up with the demand. And I think that with CrossFit, there's no identity of what equipment is a specific gym model because CrossFit is not a franchise. You go to Orange Theory. It's a franchise. Same equipment. franchise, same equipment, same wall, same color, right? But they got an identity. And the reason why I'm saying all that is to say this: This is Chris. Remember, I said that at the beginning of my 10-page essay. When you come to Mean Green, we are not CrossFit. Hmm. When you come to Mean Green, we are not a Pilates studio. Does Pilates work? Yes. Yes. Is it awesome? Yes, but it's not Mean Green. Mm-mm. If you go to a yoga studio or a spin studio, all of them are fantastic. It's just, it's not us. So I think that's where a lot of gym owners get in trouble. And I said this earlier, but y'all gave me a lot of credit, so thank you. You can't be mad at your members if they want to try something different out. Mm-mm. Or if you are not going to be pissed because you want to do hiking or you want to go do bodybuilding because they don't offer that. The gym owner that potentially can get themselves in trouble will listen to members and just start adding all the pieces in because they don't want to lose their member, right? Yeah, got an identity. I don't want to lose you guys either, right? I love you guys, but we have an identity. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, if if Milton comes in and say, yo, man, I seen, um," I'm trying to think of a piece of equipment. They have a Concept 2 (laughs) shotgun, right? Seriously. Hey, man, I want the new concept to shotguns, man. We get our heart rate up and then everybody that likes to shoot guns, we got to get them to understand how they can control their breathing. That's going to make them better shooters. That's not our identity. And how many people in our gym probably shoot guns on a weekly or monthly basis? Very small. So I think this conversation is so important because and I think this this is for everybody. This is for the people that follow us. They're like, man, I didn't know if this much thought goes into it. Yeah. But it also goes to the person that owns a gym or thinking about opening a gym. Like, find your identity and stick to it. Because if you don't, you're going to be buying a whole bunch of expensive <laughs> equipment. It's going to become that piece of equipment in the corner. Then you're trying to sell it on OfferUp. Mm-hmm. And the member that... <laughs> Jared, I'm gonna say this and take over. The member that wanna try something out, they gonna go try something out whether you buy the piece of equipment or not. Cause you're not good at it. You should, you're trying. Straight up. If I if I don't teach spin well and I try to teach spin well because
1: Remember what you do.
0: member wants me to teach spin, they gonna go to the spin guy that's on Peloton that does it a way better job than me. Straight up. I'm gonna drink some water. <laughs> No, nah, I love not, this show.
1: Yeah, that's straight up. I think. Um, I love this show. Honestly, identity was one of the things that I was trying to figure out when I first got to Mean Green mm. because I did know CrossFit. Yeah. Right? I know CrossFit. So, whenever people were asking me when I very first got here, like, what kind of gym is it? Uh, a lot of people would, they would, you know, throw out there, is it like, a, I saw y'all like got barbells, like CrossFit style? I mean, uh, not really. That's real. Not really. So, um, once I was able to get into verbiage, what it, that? It, it's a, cr- a strength and conditioning Jim. Mm-hmm. Right, so it, it, not CrossFit, strength and conditioning. So uh, being able to understand the true identity of who we are and what we do yeah. was big time for me because then it did scratch out CrossFit for me. And let me let me defend CrossFit for a second because me too. I love CrossFit. <laughs> That's a, I'm gonna form dog. <laughs> like i think gonna have an X in my
0: head. <laughs> All right, defend them.
1: So here's the thing, uh, and it, it goes off the business model that you just said, and a lot of y'all might have y'all might share the same opinion that I had for a really long time. I did not like CrossFit. I was like, oh no, CrossFit gets you hurt. CrossFit yeah. is bad for your joints. It's bad for X, Y, Z. And one of the things that, like you just said, every one of them is different. Yeah, it's not one. But being who we are as people, we hear CrossFit, we just group it. And that's fair. That's why you. That's why they buy the name, so that you can group it. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you take a risk on if it does go bad, or if it does have a bad rap, you gotta, you, gotta you take that it. bad rap, right? So that's kind of that was my general opinion of CrossFit. But um, I'm gonna take y'all to a football perspective. If let's say the Texans this year, let's say every receiver on a Texans tore their ACL, we're not looking at the NFL. Mm. We're not like, oh man, NFL. Oh, they just terrible this year with their training no the texans Mm -hmm. have a bad trainer Mm -hmm. right so it's individualized so for for me and for you guys kind of your vision on the way you you view crossfit i know for me so this is my defense to them like not all the crossfit Mm -hmm. is not bad nfl is not
0: bad texans might just have a bad strength and conditioning coach (laughs) right so i like that that's kind of the way I looked at it. The, the DNA of CrossFit originally was never to be the most difficult movements. You know, it's based upon gymnastics and Olympic movements for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was based upon like functional movements that people can do. And I think the confusion came with a lot of gym owners. Yeah, screw it. Um, there's a difference between CrossFit training mm-hmm. and the CrossFit Games. Yeah. And a lot of people love fitness, and then they, they're they good at it. Mm-hmm. They become this athlete in their gym, and they say, you know what, I'm going to open up my own gym. And then they start training people to be in the CrossFit games. Open or the games. But just like the NFL and NBA, there's a small percentage of people that do that, right? Yep. A professional CrossFit, I should say. So now you're training a – you're making your business model a model to train – the small percentage of <laughs> CrossFitters, right? Yeah. And and at least with sports, if you train an NFL player, he might can drop hundred thousand dollars a year and pay you, yeah. and you're good.
1: But CrossFitters <laughs>
0: don't have hundred thousand dollars. I'm talking about the Matt Frazier's of the world. Like yeah. they're not making what LeBron make, mm-hmm. right? And he, Matt Frazier is the one with the Nike contract, yeah. so he might have more than others. But the person in tenth place or fiftieth place. They can't pay you what the person that is on the third string for the Houston Rockets <laughs> can pay you, right? So I think that sets up gym owners potentially for destruction because they're training for a very small percentage of people, yeah. and even those pros don't pay. You know, a lot of <laughs> pro athletes don't pay their trainer. No. Why? Right? I don't get that. But no, no, no. I'm saying, why would you? Literally, if,
1: if let's who's who's on the Texans right now? Boy oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> Mills. I know our quarterback Mills. <laughs> if Cooks. They
1: if somebody with a big name, let's say Cooks, all right, let's say Brandon Cook, well he walks in here and we get that on IG. He he just paid he us. He just paid us. Yeah. He just paid us. So So, you know, so like Matt why?
0: Frazier came to me and <laughs> I'm like, Matt, come on in, spot number seventeen is yours, right? Yeah. But that happens with a lot of gym owners because these guys are local beast in their city they're comping their memberships and then you start basing your programming based upon those athletes i'm about to dive into this screw it i don't (laughs) care it's the mean green show every day (laughs) so (laughs) jason feeling me all right so (laughs) so check this out (laughs) this is funny so when when you base your programming based upon maybe just a popular voice or the guy that is going to regionals or go to the beast mode games or the festive games or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, those athletes, if they've done this for a minute, they know the importance of prepping the body for the movement. Mm-hmm. The barbell snatch specifically, an overhead barbell lunge specifically, camp um, kemp, uh, kemp, uh, kemp pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups, you're... You're not going to jump on a barbell and just start doing butterfly pull-ups. You're about to do some range of motion. You're going to loosen up all those joints. You're doing all these movements, and it might take you for a dumbbell barbell snatch. Specifically, in a perfect world for me, if I trained you at a PT session, we're not putting that bar over your head with the weight until about 20, 25 minutes in. I'm going to make sure everything is good to go because it's not just – your your uh your shoulders, your range of motion, your shoulders, your lats activation, your your it's so many components of the back, barbell snatch. Back, glutes, hips, everything, right? There. So once all that is warmed up, 25 minutes in, it's like, are you ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. So I want you to think of our average mean green class. All right, 16 people on the north side, right? Mm-hmm. Say say one person really loved that barbell snatch, and they just they love waiting for that 25 minute mark. They love getting warmed up. They like, oh, give me more warm up time, yeah. right? And then you got the other person, the other 15 people looking at the coach like, I paid you for this hour. I paid a gym membership to work out for this hour. But for the first 25 minutes, you got me doing rotations with a two-and-a-half-pound plate. Yep. Is that sexy? No. So, gym owners, you wonder why sometimes you're a challenge. It's because you're making your general public programming for a very small percentage of people. Switch that gym owner make it for the general public in that small percentage, do a PT session. And most of the people that do regionals and stuff, they don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be real. If Matt Frazier came into the gym today, what am I going to tell him on how to do a barbell snatch? He just needs time and space. Mm -hmm. So it's better to almost have open gym hours for your elite athletes and let them do their own thing versus prescribing your whole programming based upon – a very small percentage of people. That's real. <laughs> so, the death of the barbell snatch. I like the barbell snatch. I'm gonna throw it in in the fall. I'm just waiting on the weather to get a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. And even when we do it, I'm, the reason why I'm waiting on it to get cooler is because it's gonna be an outdoor workout. Cause number one, on a Saturday, it's popping. Yeah. So we need space, right? So majority of our people over five, seven, need a seven foot barbell. So we're able to put that outside and then still give the person the option to either do a barbell snatch or maybe a dumbbell snatch, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I like to say this, Jared, and then we can wrap this up. This has really been a fun episode. Somebody's thinking, well, if you're all a good coach, why don't you just make a scale option? When you say, hey, do barbell snatches, and then somebody on their first day that can't do a barbell snatch, or maybe the member that's been with you for two years haven't got it down yet, how do you think they feel? When they can't do a movement, you say, oh, here, do this, and everybody in the class is doing that. Or you come in on your first day, our, our goal when a new member comes in is for our culture to sell it. Yeah. So it's not for our culture to scare people off. Do you know how scary that is if you got freaking – you know, I'm trying to think of some people. If you got freaking Allison Clayton with her abs out, and you got yeah. Britney Joseph over <laughs> there yelling, knocking these snatches out. And here you are, you are already scared of the weight room and bumper plates and dumbbells. You walk in and you see that. Do you know how intimidating that is? Very. Third one, what if you're David Martinez? And shout out to David. And the reason why I use you all the time, David, because I know you have thick skin, so he's good. Um, imagine David as great as he is. He's been doing this, what, going on two years, I believe, somewhere around there. What happens if he, somebody comes into his class and he says, hey, we're doing a barbell snatch, and then David, like, already programmed, like, if he can't do a barbell snatch, we're just going to do dumbbell snatch or any type of overhead motion. And then that person says, hey, I can't do anything with this type of rotation. Did I really just set my trainer up with the best opportunity to do a great job? Because now you're becoming a physical a PT, mm-hmm. right? And we are not – well, you are. But everybody else, <laughs> everybody else are not, you know, PTs, right? So you do have to put your people in position to find success. Jared, out of curiosity, have you ever, and it's not the snatch, it can be any movement, mm-hmm. have you ever seen somebody get discouraged because they couldn't do what everybody else was doing in the class? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. What's that? What that? What do you feel like as a, as a man? Like, what do you want to do for that person?
1: I mean, I <laughs> I wish I could lend them a body part at the t- at that point in time. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, I wish as a coach you could just snap your finger and they could get it. Yeah. Like I really do. But I have seen people just get frustrated. Like, ah, I just want to. Like, I know. Yeah. Ah, I just want to. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's – Absolutely. It's, 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 that's a mental thing. From, as from a coaching perspective, like all you can do is get people to understand that Rome wasn't built in a day. Like that's literally all you could do. Um, for for the people that are in here and are able to pick it up, I mean, yeah, luckily God blessed some of us with, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll just call it athletic ability. But what I'm trying to say is, you're able to just pick it up and, and yeah. quickly. You're just able yeah. to pick things up quickly, but. Uh, some of us, not so much, and it takes time, and we yeah. have to learn it, and we have to coach it, and that's why teachers have jobs, and that's why trainers yeah, have absolutely. jobs, because we have to absolutely. coach absolutely. you through absolutely. it. So the the biggest thing I would say uh, for anybody that's feeling like discouraged, because I have people come in, my response is just patience. That's it. Patience. You're not. That's you're that's not going to pick it up today, um, and that's okay. No, yeah, it's okay my thing with that is like accept it cuz that's 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 the biggest piece. Yeah, you man. have to accept, hey, I might not get this today, but I don't get discouraged. Yeah. Like, I might not get this today, but I'm work on it. Absolutely. I'm going to get better. So yeah. and that and that's all I could do for that
0: person that comes in and they just like defeat it. So. Well said, man. Um to mean green family. I love y'all. I, I I it's really important for me to stress the importance of know, it's kind of like a YouTube video, because Instagram—I think they took it off, or Facebook—I don't know if they ever had it. I think they had it. YouTube, I know for sure has a thumb up button and a thumb down. Yeah. Right. So, like, for me specifically, it means a lot because when we put a when I put a workout personally out, you know, that's over four or five hundred people are gonna see that workout, right? And you guys, it means the world when I see y'all doing the selfies, taking the pictures, inboxing me. And, um, you know, it, it it is almost like for every 100. You have two or three, <laughs> right? But at the same time, uh, it's not for everyone at yep. the, in the same moment. But I do want to tell Mean Green, thank you, man. Y'all guys are fantastic. Thank you for trusting us and believing in us. It um, was one more thing I wanted to say about space. I'm trying to think, should I go there? Because we should. It would be cool if we go there. You know, there's also – the fifth step. It's not a really fun step to talk about, but it's it's a step that I have to talk about when we talk about programming. Mm-hmm. Number five, the final one. Safety. All right. So part of the space that we did with the pick your spot model was for you to have enough space. Do y'all know when you drop a barbell overhead or from your chest, it bounces and you can't control <laughs> it? That's right. You know? So you know, can we pile thirty-two people on the north side into one class? Absolutely, but that's not safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. I, and some of y'all may have worked out in, like me, like I can work out in that type of crowd, and I'm not to control. I know how to adjust bumper plate coming, I can jump. Like I get that, but what if my dad or mom is in a class? What if they don't respond that fast? Y'all gotta remember that safety is everything. So. You know, it's it's a couple, and I, we use barbell. Let's say this: we use the barbell snatch as a as a as a as a title. Yeah. For you guys to be <laughs> like, Ooh. but there there are there are several movements that I don't like to put on. I don't honestly, I don't like putting. I, I don't put muscle ups. I've never seen a muscle up. Um, have y'all ever seen? I, I really cringe on box jumps. To be honest, if y'all oh, yeah. notice, a lot of times I do box jumps. I do box jumps or step ups mm-hmm. in our coaching text blasts or meetings i would say hey guys make sure you note to tell them when they're dead dog tired they want that height on the box because if not you're gonna have these things (laughs) that i have right and um but y'all have never seen me put jump over the box jump like i mean athletically when we play basketball we jumped over the box to do a burpee like have y'all ever seen that you know what i mean like so there are a lot of movements that we don't do to protect but they they're there's two things that I like to throw out with the snatch, with the overhead lunges, and other movements that we don't do as much. Is uh, man, we're definitely open for personal training. Yeah. Like if you if you're just stuck on those movements, um, you just got to remember those movements are created. If it's gonna in a group setting, it needs to be two to four people. Yeah. But how many can Mean Green hold a group with just four people at seven o'clock or six o'clock or six in the morning? Like that's gonna be really tough for us to do for abundance and also for people that want to join a class. So. Um, I wanted to throw that out there for the Mean Green family. Man, we would love to work with you guys. Um, we have some top, skilled people that can really teach those movements, and um, we'd love to do that. But um, from the business side, I just wanted to kind of open that dialogue up for people to see what we're thinking when we pick these movements for the workouts. I want
1: to I want to hit two dynamics on safety real quick. So you hit the first one, which okay. is safe, like actual safety. The second one that I think Mean Green focuses on a lot that i i'm I'm sure a lot of gyms do but i know it's something that we focus on and it was kind of in our core four Mm -hmm. and the safety is the part that i think sometimes y'all y'all might get a little bored when it comes to us trying to focus on your safety and safety for me i'm thinking of warming the body up if you don't warm the body up the right way you're putting yourself in a compromised position to get injured compromising your safety um and I think that's very important. If you're not lifting the right way, if you're rushing through a lift because you're trying to get through the movement super fast, yeah. You're compromising your safety. If you are, that's what well I said, you know, not if you're continuously going lightweight then one day you decide to pick up heavyweight. It's not safe. compromising your safety. So, I think us as as coaches, us as far as our programming is concerned, it really plays into you and your safety. And again, this is something Alex talked about rushing through workouts. Um, all of that kind of stuff things that that we have noticed, but as coaches that 's my that's that 's kind of the the big piece right there. what we do different. We have coaches that say, Hey, this is something that 's an yeah. issue, we need to fix it yeah so and that 's one of those things so kind of to you guys follow follow the programming because it it it's there for a reason, literally yeah. uh, hopefully what you took from this podcast was that we literally think about every Absolutely. single little detail that goes into it for your safety. If you see something up there, uh, it's you know tempo. Focus on your tempo. It's there for a reason. If you see 16 minutes, 16 minute cap, this should this should take you anywhere from 14 to 16 minutes, and it takes you 10 minutes. <laughs> Follow the program, and so you know, pick up some weight if you if you if you're meant to. Yeah. Follow yeah. your coach's warm up. Yeah. By, don't don't just sit back and and look at it. Stretches. Yeah. They're there for a reason. There's a reason we program stretches. If we were, if it was meant for you guys to just go home after a workout, three, two, one, done. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Good workout. That yep. will be the end of the workout. But it's not because the stretch is important. That's why it's added yeah. in there. So for you guys' safety, I think that it's very important to look at that part of the programming as well. Like
0: whatever is programmed, follow yeah. it. I love that. I love that, Jared. Because trial and error creates success. Yeah. Right. The way we train now is not the way we trained 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody got smarter. You know, um, I think, like, nobody wants to – do you really, ladies and gents, want to put your shirt on and feel that stinging in, uh, pain in your shoulder every single time? Like, I've, I've made the mistake sometimes putting programs in, especially like in our Chimney Rock days when we were over there. Because mm-hmm. at one point, man, to be brutally honest and very transparent – as a programmer, it was like, who can make the hardest workout? Like, that was a thing. Yeah. Like, who made the hardest workout? And, um, you know, I think one of the things that that I have the blessing to be maturing was to study other people's genius. And this is not that I'm going to post on Instagram because it's, it's boring. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you the amount or the um, type of programs or s- softwares or workshops or subscriptions that I probably need to cancel because they still <laughs> come out of my account. Like all these different people that I, I've, I consider some of the top programmers or have great philosophies and ideals, you know? So we study those things, but you know, the cool thing is I, I love the fact that people trust us to do it. Yep. And, um, you know, I do want to give a couple shout outs to programmers while we're on here. Um, number one, Charlie Odom, right? So, I programmed for a while. When I met Charlie, I joined as a member, right? I joined because I was having the boys. Mm-hmm. I was either having them or just had them, and I needed I needed a place to disconnect, you know. So when I'm mean green at the north or south or at boot camp, i mean green. So sometimes I won't even work out. Like I, I actually anticipate working out tonight. Mm-hmm. But if the class is full or somebody needs help or somebody on their first – we have – one or two people on their first day is easy as a coach. But when you have five, like, I may stop doing what I'm doing. So sometimes yeah. I don't work out. But when I joined that gym, my whole purpose was, like, I'm working out. I'm working out. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to worry about the floor not being vacuumed in the corner or the chalk that's over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna work out. So, you know, meeting Charlie was such a blessing. And it's not just because he came and, and eventually took over programming. Mm-hmm. But it was just to to study a craft of someone that takes a lot of pride in it. Yeah. And to sit down, I actually have a podcast that I interviewed him on a podcast called Mastermind. I interviewed him about programming. And just to see how he dissected and being able to sit down with them, you know. And, um, like, I have <clears throat> over almost a year and a half to two years of Charlie programming. And the funny thing is a lot of times I take his program and I do little inserts in our workouts. Just FYI. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the the thing that I was able to experience with him was the – The evolution of where fitness is going right so when he got into olympic lifting and all that like he was getting to a point from the conversations we had was like yo like what we're doing at crossfit or what we've done in crossfit is not some of the best things and we were able to kind of journey that together Mm -hmm. so charlie odom number one shout out to you man i love you i miss you number two we got a subscription from a guy named marcus fully or fully or mm-hmm. um, he. I think he got Jared on the hair. All <laughs> right? But so me and Charlie was studying. We started doing it maybe like the three months prior. Um, three months um, prior, he does a – he has a very strong background from Lacoste. He played collegially. He played mm-hmm. Lacoste. So, he, aesthetically, he just he, – he gifted, right, yep. playing at, I think, Berkeley, Cali, Cali Berkeley. Am okay. I saying that right? But um, – he did the CrossFit Games, and he made the games. Like, he was a top 20 athlete. But what he did with his programming, he felt like it was moments where you couldn't train people to be an athlete without the fundamental of being an the athlete. athlete. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at his platform, Marcus Philly asked me how will share his stuff. Um, he focuses a lot on a lot of calisthenics and tempo and balance training. Now, with that type of style of training, it's not sexy. Mm. So me and Charlie was trying to design programs where in that first five to ten minutes, you know, you might go down to a a ring row and hold your body weight in a ring row plank. Like, if y'all seen that before? It just, it warms up your body, stabilizes your core. It's difficult, and it's not boring. But we we were navigating that together. So when you look at what Marcus was doing, not only did he have that component, he's also uh, combining it with, uh, he calls it, Shoot. Functional body, functional bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. So he also incorporated bodybuilding. For CrossFit, for the, you OGs that are into CrossFit and been there for the last 10, 15 years, they didn't do bicep curls. <laughs> they didn't do bench press. They didn't, No, I'm seriously, you did not do bench press. You did not do bicep curls. Marcus added that in. He's one of the first to do that publicly where he put bodybuilding movements with Olympic movements and calisthenic movements and gymnastic movements, and he created that. So I definitely want to give Marcus a major shout-out because I follow your programming, and I take inserts and use it as well. MDV. From under Jason Kalipe's training at NC Fit, unbelievable job. Uh, My guy from Chalk out of Cali, I think I showed you his Mm -hmm. stuff, Um, unbelievable job. Knee over toes, we've been following his program a little bit. Um, Again, it's not a sexy program, Mm -mm. right? But to teach people how to strengthen ligaments and joints to – if you're going to do the Spartan race and then you put your body in a Spartan race position that never been there, which means you're going up an incline and you step on a rock and then your shin get a little bit closer to your toe, but your body's never felt that, then – pop on the opposite side but his programming is not designed for group style training Mm -mm. but you'll start seeing us maybe incorporate this maybe in the uh next year where instead of somebody saying hey i can't run outside we might get the tire out and have you doing those uh, walking back so it just again again i'm sounding like a nerd, but um (laughs) i did want to give those couple shout outs because you know i do follow you guys programming and i take bits and pieces and put it into mean green absolutely cool jerry you got anything no, man, I think we, we hit them with a lot today, a lot to process. We we had like an hour 20, bro. Hmm. <laughs> These last three's been long. Yeah. I guess, you know, maybe we could have broken this into two, two episodes. It could have been, I don't know. It could have been how Mean Green Coach specifically and how we break it down and then the philosophy about programming and business. We probably could have made this two. We might can still do that. No, we got a special episode next. Yeah. So we just make it one episode. Yes, cool. Guys, that's it. Um, this weekend I would love to see you kickball. Kickball. Talk to August, him, Jay. August
1: twenty seventh, y'all. Six PM. We're gonna be out at Cleveland Park. Just down playing kickball. Are you
0: playing? We'll
1: see. Okay.
0: I might I might I, <laughs> might I might I might watch this one. I have an official shirt, so I've been excited to try to wear it. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> gonna be the fittest official I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I might watch I might I wanna bring the green beans, so Uh, I want to bring them out, and um, obviously, guys, we do this every year to raise school supplies. This year, we brought to the program hygiene items. Mm -hmm. That's that right? Hygiene? Yeah, hygiene Hygiene items. So um, you've seen the link. You've been bringing them to the gym, but this is the last week. Yep. Cool. You got anything else? That's all we got. Guys, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your responses. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, five-star reviews. Uh, Thank you. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool. We love you all. Yes. See you soon.